I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Well, welcome everyone to the first annual Homos on Haunted Hill end of the year roundup. We have special guest stars, Suzanne Summers, <laughs> Donnie and Marie Osmond, <laughs> and Joyce DeWitt. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joyce. <laughs> the audience is not kind to her this year. <laughs> Suzanne and Joyce together on the same stage? What? What? Those homos really know how to make miracles happen. Yes, and uh you know, stay with us all night folks because the the uh phones will be ready and we'll be, the operators will be there to take your pledges and uh donations throughout the night. Uh, We're really we have trying to keep planned for the yeah. um, the the castle on Haunted Hill up. You know, we're we're, yes. we're we're trying to do some upkeep. So please pledge. Yeah, the the curtains are getting a little musty. It's true, and that vat in our basement is mm. the acid is not as potent as it used to be. So we need to refill no. it. Mm-hmm. Even the ghosts and skeletons are starting to complain. So you know they are. It's, uh, Time for some work. <laughs> it's not as much fun to push people in the vat of acid anymore. <laughs> it takes too long for them to dissolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it up with HR. Come on. <laughs> we do have an HR de- department here, in case you didn't okay. know. We, uh, <laughs> we get complaints all the time. We're very union friendly, too. The, the ghost union, we, we're always in contact with, with their people. <laughs> we need new ghosts. Bring in the ghosts. Yes. And the new year, <gasps> as we're doing the, the new... on this special. Wow. Yes. Um, I do feel like we need to make a disclaimer here that uh, we decided to do this episode like three or four days ago. <laughs> so this that was not true. like months in planning. You know, we didn't no. decide to uh, watch everything that came out this year and suddenly we didn't know, do an episode on it. Yes. But I think we did realize that we had seen a pretty good amount of stuff that came out this year. Um, mm-hmm pretty much every major theatrical release and you know some other streaming stuff so we were like you know we should talk about the stuff that we particularly liked because it was a pretty good year for horror overall Um, it truly was i have been very impressed very much so and i think this year deserves a little tip of the hat because i think back in the years to come we might look at this as kind of a a 1999, if you will, of horror mm. releases, where like everything was kind of at least watchable. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the, not too many like flat out masterpieces, but like you said, everything was you know, pretty decent. You know, mm-hmm. e- even the all the theatrical stuff was pretty solid. Like I, I the only uh, bad one that I didn't see was that "Pray the Devil," "Pray to the Devil." I did was that not either. Yeah, um, I didn't. See and I that. heard that one was not good, but everything yeah. else was pretty much um you know different degrees of pretty decent so uh, you know that's and that's it's not always the case you go back to the nope. 2000s and you know from like 2003 to 2007 it was in the US anyway it was not great i mean yeah, there were some exceptions there but uh 
it is not we should not take for granted that every year is going to be a year where everything is pretty decent um mm -hmm. particularly this decade i mean i mean with the pandemic and that was that was the biggest factor but 2020 and 2021 were just not particularly great for films in general like all genres um yeah so i think this was the year that you start to see the film industry starting to recover from that um and uh throwing things at the wall and trying things again which is always nice in in horror and other genres i mean it's not always sticking at the box office which is unfortunate although horror it was a pretty actually good year at the box office uh yeah not bad for most for most of them so that's um that's something i i, I i've said it before and you know i'll say it again i, I think that uh the superhero trend thing you know i i don't see this lasting the whole decade i think eventually they will start to kind of fade into the background a little bit but uh horror i think will continue to be as it always has been for the most part you know i think a pretty mm -hmm. strong player um as long as theaters continue to exist which you know could be five years it could be 50 years who knows but <laughs> at this point i i cannot even think like that it's just so yeah, depressing it's just, oh i it's love nuts, a theater but, yeah. you know, it's, it's just yeah. so special the smell of the popcorn getting the ticket mm -hmm. Trying to shuffle away from the person who decided to sit right next to you, even though there's a full <laughs> auditorium of seats. Why is no one stopping right. them? Yeah. <laughs> Truly. That's all we ask for 2023. <laughs> stop. They're stop really them, frightening. And there's no ex excuse now because you, you have to like see exactly where you're, where you're go going to sit mm -hmm. when you buy your t ticket now at most theaters. So it's like, why would you pick that seat? Like, what what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah creeper not, not a big fan of that whole system no uh, uh -uh. I, I don't really like i mean it, to some degree it's nice to be able to choose where you're gonna sit but like sometimes it's like is this necessary it's only like me and one other person in here do i do i need to yeah. tell you where I exactly i really thought i was the only one bothered by that it takes more time when you're getting your ticket because there might be somebody in front of you who just can't make up their fucking mind where they want to sit yeah. so they're like oh i'm not there uh, you know my my, my, vocal, my vocals will support that let me uh go back five seats and to the left and do I want to go to A14 or C12? I can't tell. Larry, would you please tell me where you want to see it? <laughs> we sat in C12 last time, Barb. Is that where I lost my, my junior mints? Because I don't want to buy them if I'm going to lose them again. I, I think that seat might be defective. We, we might need to go to A instead. It's like, oh my God, stop it. Just get the fucking ticket. Right. Get in the fucking theater. Oh. Lord, I've got popcorn to buy. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. So that's one thing uh, I'll miss. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but back to 2022. Well, what else about what about this year? I mean, it, it's uh, just diverse offerings, I, I think, really. You know, Absolutely. Uh, I think the last couple years of the 2010s were pretty dominated by kind of folk horror and slow burn stuff and um we still get a little bit of that this year but then we also get some of the uh franchise the big franchises have come back to some degree and mm -hmm. um i feel like we're kind of on the tail end of this whole requel era um we'll see i mean we still got the exorcist so oh, <laughs> that could kick Christ. off more things but i i, I have forgetting a about that suspicion Yes. Well, now they did halt production on that. So I think our prayers might have been answered. Mm, okay. I don't know. I did pray to Pazuzu and I said, please do not make this happen. Make it stop. And he fucking did. So thank you, Pazuzu. 
or just make it like one fucking movie. I don't need three. <laughs> you know that 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 it's just so unnecessary. So Kevin Ellen Burstyn has a scholarship. She has to <laughs> she has to make money for. Her. We'll see if she comes back for the two films afterwards. I I have doubts, but we'll we'll see. Are they going to push uh, her down the flight of stairs in George? They might. They really might. <laughs> but she's somehow still alive. But she's in a coma, and so in part two, she'll just be in a hospital bed. But then three, there will be a miraculous recovery because she's possessed by Pazuzu himself. That's for twenty. That's a twenty twenty three problem. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking enough about that for the rest of the year, I'm sure. Yeah, but no, it was uh, a lot of stuff uh, came out this year. A lot of films came out this year. Mm-hmm. There was a lot in theaters, a lot on streaming platforms. Um, it's overwhelming, uh, more than it ever has been, uh, but. That's why you follow the right people and you listen to the right people and uh, they'll usually lead you on the right path and tell you what is worth watching, what's not worth watching. doesn't mean you can't just, you know, watch everything and uh, find the good stuff yourself. But that's admirable, really. Um, yes. the, I think the older I get, the less uh, willing I am to sit through just complete trash. But, you know, um, y- y'all do you. These periods of horror tend to be kind of the most exciting ones. Um, mm-hmm. I think the... Uh, Late 70s was a little bit like this, too, where, like, you never knew kind of what you were going to get um, before the slashers had, like, totally taken over. Um, because once Hollywood finds one thing that becomes a huge hit, you're just going to get oh, yeah. that for a while, for, like, several yeah. years. That's all you're going to get for the most part, with a few exactly. exceptions. Um, but these periods are cool because you're seeing a lot of people trying different things and trying to become that thing that becomes the most popular. And in the process, sometimes you end up getting really interesting, unique things. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been a very exciting time. Time because we've gotten slashers, we've gotten the more mm-hmm. psych- psychological thrillers with mm-hmm. you know horror elements. We've gotten dramas yeah. that are pretending to be horror for some reason. Oh, that, and, that, a lot um, of those this year. That was yeah. a big thing. <laughs> that was a theme for some reason. That we can a... do away with that. That doesn't we, really yeah, work that I, well. I'm a little. Um, <laughs> I'm a little over that. Uh, <laughs> we've had. We've got like sci-fi horror. It's it's some, just been a lot of stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm, it's, it's, some... it's been fun supernatural stuff as as usual mm-hmm. and uh yeah all over the map and um it's i don't i don't even know where to begin really you know it's yeah. um uh should we start with the best stuff? well you know I mean, why not i guess we can yeah. save the 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 least for last <laughs> the least for last yeah <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean number one for me this entire year has been a little film don't know if you'll have heard of it um Maybe if you're a homosexual, it's it's called Pearl. It's called Pearl, mm. and it is uh, never heard very, of it. It's a very popular film for the gays for yes. many reasons. It it checks a lot of boxes. It's like a sort of a to die for Chicago by way of Douglas Sirk sort of story about a woman who maybe doesn't have any talent, but by God, she's gonna try to become a star no matter what. And it's just a fascinating struggle to view. Um, would you say she is a uh, complex female character? I would say so. She yes. has a monologue at the end of the film that is a showstopper. Mm-hmm. And Mia yeah. Goth, who plays Pearl, is spectacular mm-hmm. and is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses. She just she takes such amazing risks and is just fascinating to watch. And she gives this monologue where you're like, I know she's killed people, 
But at this moment, I sort of feel bad for her. And then mm-hmm. you're on her side for a bit, and then you're not. And then you're on her side again, and then you're like, oh, she's crazy. But then you're on her, her side again. It's like a roller coaster in this it monologue. Is. It and is. You're like, like, this is a movie by itself, this one scene. And it's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. And and th- that's not even discussing how beautifully shot the f- the film is, how sweeping the orchestral score is, which you don't really mm-hmm. get orchestral scores that much for horror films, especially nowadays. No. So well, that was unique. You know, it- it does all these homages to you know the golden age of Hollywood and yeah. like Wizard of Oz in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can trace essentially. I mean, it's in many ways a Wizard of Oz pastiche. I mean, there's right. every single character from the Wizard of Oz you can pretty much pick out from this movie and be like, oh, that's kind of representing this character. Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of Psycho in there as oh, well. Absolutely. I mean, it's just it, it it just combines all these really kind of disparate different factors in, in a way that you wouldn't think would work, but really mm-hmm. does work. Um, and yet it doesn't yeah. feel like cheap in, in the way like uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey or whatever the fuck, you know, that was where yeah, we have all these movies lately where they're like, we're going to take all these like fairy tales and not fairy tales, but like, you know, classic children's tales and turn them into mm-hmm. these horror films. And they're just so exploitative and like cheaply made. Uh, this is not like that. You know, it's it's using um, p- parts of the sort of golden age of Hollywood and bringing aspects of that, but also telling this story that feels fresh and interesting and characters you um, care about. Uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's a great, great movie. Um, it's well, my I, number I one as well. That's kind of Ty West's shtick, I guess, is sort of yeah. pastiche that has a heart and has a yeah. point and yeah. has a lot to offer besides just like, hey, remember that scene um, when Brian De Palma did this in Carrie and in like, we're going to try to recreate this and you're going to be like, wow, that's really cool that they decided to recreate this because I love that scene too. And it's not like that. It's just, right. it's, he wants to tell his own stories and uses things from the past to kind of, I don't know, enhance them. And it's just, oh, I, I love what he does. I'm in a similar a way. I mean, you brought up Brian De Palma in a similar way that De Palma mm-hmm. used Hitchcock, you know, yeah, it, the, exactly. You know, he took, I mean, very clear homages, but Absolutely. presented them in a way that felt still fresh and yeah. put his own spin on it. Um, it was Hitchcock, it, but sexy. Exactly. And yeah, it, it was just fantastic to see, um, uh, Ty West come out again this year after, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, yeah, he did um, the Sacrament or whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the um, the House of the Devil and the Innkeepers were both pretty solid uh, movies, and I, if those were the only two movies he ever made, like that would have been fine. And I was kind yeah. of just prepared for those to have been his like you know big hits, but then he mm-hmm. came and like just turned around and put out not one but two very good movies this year <laughs> in the um, same fucking year <laughs> in the same fucking year, yeah. <laughs> and they're both it's fantastic. They're, they're both, both very good. I, terrific. I, I mean, yeah. I I know some people. Um, like one more than the other. I feel like I've heard mm-hmm. people enjoy Pearl more than X. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I I love both of them. I thought they were both. I did too. Uh, great, very different movies. Um, yes, but yeah, very different. Uh, Pearl is more of his like you know, big studio Technicolor melodrama film, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and X is just his down and dirty, gritty sort of seventies proto slasher. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that yeah. those, those kinds of like regional slasher films that were right. made kind of right before Halloween. So the the rules weren't really set in stone. So mm-hmm. basically anyone can die at any mm-hmm. moment. There's no like you don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> you know, uh, exploitation, you know, yes. that, that, that kind of feel too. Yeah. Um, he didn't necessarily com- I mean, he didn't completely shoot it like a 70s film, which was. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expected, and I think maybe that's why yeah. some people, not not entirely, but I think that's why some people didn't like it as much because it wasn't shot like House of the Devil was, where like he used the same uh, type of equipment and made sure it yeah. looked exactly like that type of movie. But like you still got the energy and the soul of that mm-hmm. period. Um, and I thought it was interesting, like the movie within a movie is actually shot more in that actual seventies kind of style. So that was right. that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, great cast. I mean, we got Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega was, I mean, if we're talking about like oh, the person wow. of the year, I mean, her, yeah. her and Mia Goth both, really. You know, they, She's they, having a year, man. Yeah. She is in, yeah. I think, every other movie this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and TV show. <laughs> you know, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> she must be so exhausted. I I hope she's taking a nice long break and recuperating. I love her, but I don't want her to burn out. She's doing everything. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, Neff Campbell was like that early on too. She oh was, yeah, you know the the ninety six through like ninety eight. She was like all over the place, and then I think yeah. you know took a little break. But they just they feel like movie stars, and we haven't had that mm-hmm. in a while. You know, it's yeah. it's just like in horror or any other genre. I mean, we have and Tarantino kind of said this too. It's like we don't have movie stars anymore. We have like products, or like you know, we have the characters. Like in um, yes, uh, in superhero movies, you have like Captain America. Um, less so than chris evans himself right it's it's a it's a weird kind of thing yeah Um, because i mean like they've redone these stories like 55 times in the past 20 years you know there's been like many different spider-men and batman exactly people people will show up no matter who's playing them that's what we've learned here it's Mm -hmm. not like oh my god ben affleck's finally playing batman i have to go see it it's like well i mean he'll probably be just about as good as robert pattinson or right every every other christian bale uh, like it's not every other sad mope who's played this part (laughs) i mean it's the same thing i don't care yeah it's it's true um (laughs) whereas you know a film like pearl like it works largely because of this performance i mean it's just so uh over the top and wonderful and and x as well i mean all the performances Mm -hmm. are pretty solid um mia goth is wonderful here too she's in a lot of like prosthetic well she's she's playing dual roles right she's yeah um, uh you know the older woman and she's playing the the younger woman here too um which is fascinating absolutely just surprisingly funny movie like i think that was what surprised me the most like i went in expecting more of kind of a serious uh texas chainsaw massacre style me too yeah and it was almost horror comedy like not quite but like yeah. there's a lot of humor in this movie like a lot of uh i think so fighting too. dark humor which uh i appreciated and just you know the, the whole concept of the sort of repression leading to murderous impulses i really yes. loved i love any film about repressed yes. people going insane and start, start starting to kill because they can't get fucked <laughs> like exactly just like that's that's the recurring theme <laughs> between these it. two movies even though they are very different films like the sort of repressed sexuality is the, yeah. the main theme um throughout both of them exactly uh, and and i mean they touch on some stuff about religion repression and stuff mm-hmm. like like that too you know because yeah i think the maxine character her father's a televangelist and right. sort of disowned right. her and now and now she's in porn you know <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and then of course pearl's mom was very re- religious as well and very repressed herself so it all kind of goes back to this 
this childhood wound. I love that kind mm-hmm. of shit. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh. And they make it fun. Like these are dark themes that they're playing with, but it's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They've just they've found just the right tone to hit to to make right. it really delightful to watch, which I which yep. I love. And we have a third film coming out next year, which is exciting too. So Max Sixteen. Mm-hmm. X X X. I don't know how to pronounce that. Is it Ma- <laughs> Maxine? I don't know. Maxine. I'll just have to wait for the guy that narrates the trailer to let let me know. You know, no Maxine. world. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited though. Yeah, it's. I am uh, too. I, these were my top two uh, for the year. Um, Same here. So we have was, so much in was... common, Kevin. I well, yeah. I mean, the that. important stuff, right? You know, yeah. that's that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly, these are our top two. Then we we agree on the important things, right? The important life, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I feel like our number three is going to be the same too. But uh, what do you, do you think it is? Tell the audience. <laughs> is it about a little girl named Esther? It is perhaps? about a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> named Orphan first kill, y'all. Mm-hmm. This movie took me back to a time when Rebecca De Mornay and um, Jennifer Jason Lee were terrorizing people on our theater screens. It's got that sort of yuppies in peril vibe, just like the first one, except this time the yuppie in question is Julia Stiles. But is she really in peril? Hmm. That is the question. Yeah. And that's one uh... of the reasons I loved it so much. Yes, it has lots of twists and turns. Oh, we debated before we started recording, folks, like how much we wanted to spoil these movies. So yeah. yeah, we'll try not to like completely spoil them, but there may be some spoilers throughout this episode. So just be aware of that. Okay, listen, just uh, just know that Ju- Julia Stiles turns out to be an alien. It's like a whole mm, thing. Ah, it's it's. I'm sorry, I had to spoil it, but it was a big swing, you know. I but know, they, they took yeah. that risk. They took the risk. <laughs> they did. We talked about because we we did a whole episode on this one, folks. So you can go back and listen That's to true. it. But uh, it it. It does something really interesting where it takes the villain of the first film and really makes her more of the protagonist here. So you care about mm-hmm. her even more than you did in the first film, uh, which is interesting because we I loved her in the first film. So <laughs> yeah, and I, now I, I love her even more now. It's just it's and like it, it's so campy and it, it does yeah. what a sequel should do, I think. And it just it just goes even further over the top. A horror sequel anyway. Like it should just. Yes escalate frankly oh man um, it was a beautiful experience truly right right magnificent i, I mean I think about some of the best horror sequels of all time you know uh child's boy 2 completely yeah. over the top uh mm. scream 2 so big and loud yeah. and just and you know they didn't clearly have a huge budget here but like they did a lot with it um absolutely and, uh, it, the script is just it's just fun it's just a um unexpected and I think everybody went in with such low expectations for this movie because it was like, oh, well, yeah. it's going to be on Paramount Plus and it's a mm-hmm. sequel to a movie that came out like over a decade ago. And uh, who knows? And and how are you going to make this little girl, <laughs> this grown woman look like? <laughs> yeah. Um, the lead actress was like 10 years old the last time she did it. Now she's in her 20s. Right. Like, how is this going to work? It's, and uh, the answer is um, it kind of doesn't. But that's why it's, <laughs> but it's entertaining. Endearing. <laughs> it is like, entertaining. Because they tried. It's like there's all these like there's all these like body doubles and like mm-hmm. forced perspective shots and all the other actors have on these big like 
elevator shoes because they're mm-hmm. trying to make this 20 year old woman look like a child right. and it it's, just get, it gives it this really weird vibe that right. just in, in enhances the camp makes it more yeah. fantastical yeah. so you just start laughing at everything everyone seems to be having the best fucking time mm-hmm. it's just it's a joy to watch it is it is uh Really, my only complaint is that the weird way it was shot. Um, I think the color choices are just strange at time and very drained. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's just, it's a good time. Number four. Yes. This might be the same for both of us, too. I feel like it probably will be. Um, really? And that is Watcher. Yeah. Oh, my, this is freaking me out. You guys, we didn't plan yeah. this. We didn't. We did this not plan really this. really yeah. scary. Okay. Yeah, not this is this. freaking me out. Okay. Yes. Watcher mm. terrified me. It was really scary uh, to me. So much great suspense. Yeah. Uh, just this wonderful little paranoia thriller. Uh, feels very much like a um, callback to um, the 60s and 70s, particularly mm-hmm. Polanski's films. Like we talked about his apartment trilogy. It, Absolutely. Uh, uh, Rosemary's Baby to some degree, but even more so um, Repulsion and The Tenant, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good parts of The Tenant, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's... um. This great kind of slow burn energy throughout. Micah Monroe, uh, amazing, oh. just fabulous, gorgeously Wonderful. shot, mm. uh, just very urban. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's a wonderful little, uh, pretty short too, 90 minutes or something. And it, it yeah. uses the time pretty well. I mean, there's a few scenes that maybe dragged a little bit for me, but overall I was engaged and uh, just, and you never quite know where it's going. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it good character focus too you get to see like this person trying to uh deal with the culture shock of moving to this new country while her husband is uh um fitting in better than she is anyway and is dealing with um this new setting but uh she's sort of dealing with being this uh you know um essentially an immigrant and she's moved to a new country here i don't don't remember if she's staying there i think they're staying there permanently right at least for the moment i think for for them for a while anyway Yeah. yeah And uh, I just remember the scenes of her like sitting there at the table and like trying to understand oh, the conversations God. that are being had. And um, oh, it's so awkward. And it, it, like yeah. at at first, you know, they they start to talk in another language, and there's no subtitles, and you're like, uh, rude. Like I'd like to know, know what right. they're saying. But then it's become so brilliant because it puts you in the same headspace as exactly. the he- he- heroine. So you're like, I don't know what they're saying. It's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. It's so fan- much. it's it's fantastic. Um, streaming on Shutter. Yes, please and, watch um, it, y'all. It is so yeah. worth your time. Um, now we might start breaking off a little bit. But what's your? Number I have five? a feeling this is okay. My number five is. I don't think you've seen it yet, but it might be your yeah. number five if you were to see yeah. it. I don't know. The menu. I've not I loved seen the, the, menu, the, the menu. This is the one theatrical horror film that I did not see this year. Uh. And it comes out on January 3rd on streaming. So I'm probably just going to hold out oh, to then. Perfect. But, uh, perfect. Yes. But yes, tell it tell is... our studio audience why you enjoyed the menu. Well, you see, I like the menu because, um, <laughs> well, it's, it's a... Well, the it hors d'oeuvres a... were wonderful, darling. <laughs> I love those hors d'oeuvres. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is a, the story of these very rich, very privileged people who go to this deserted island where this very famous chef is preparing them a very pretentious, very expensive meal just for them. Mm. And he's got this whole staff that basically treat him like he's like a cult leader. It's very strange. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person there who is not so, 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 supposed to be there is this girl who came as a date for this guy who's just a complete dickwad. And, um, and like, they start being kind of threatening to her and they're like, you're not supposed to be here. Why are, why are you here? You're not on the list. He was su- supposed to bring someone else. And she's all like, what is the problem here? And I'm not going to spoil it, but it, there's a reason why everyone's been picked to come to this particular island on this particular night. Everyone has a, a, a secret, something they could be blackmailed with. It's, it's just delicious. And, oh. Ray Fines is fantastic. He's just he just he can say so much with one ex, 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 expression, and it's um oh it's it and it's funny too. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a funny it's, movie. It's satirical, right? You said it. Yes, it has, absolutely. You know, yeah, it made me laugh. So I was like, yay, a horror film. Yeah, with a little bit of laughter. I- entertainment. That's a plus. Yes. Yeah, it's um, entertainment in two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, that's that's um for a couple of years there we were getting these great quote unquote elevated horror folk horror films but um they didn't always have a ton of humor in them and it seems like we're starting no. to get some humor back in horror so that's yeah. nice. Uh a little too a little too earnest for me but Yeah. And I I I I think this I mean we talked about this but like comedy films have pretty much disappeared from theaters um Yeah. But I mean they they came back a little bit this year they didn't do particularly great but hopefully that will change. Uh but I think for a while people were just too afraid to laugh um, at anything because the world was and still is, frankly, very depressing. Um, yeah. I think we're finally starting to get out of that period and people are realizing that, like, you just you want to laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to laugh. Like, it is an important part of being a human and finding the um, levity in situations is how you cope with um, not everybody, but from a lot of people, how you cope with uh, the dark parts of life. So. And now we're going to bring out uh, Donny Osmond with Make Him Laugh. Come on, Donny. <laughs> and here's Florence Henderson and Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you might think we're crazy, but back in the 70s, that was like an ideal bill. That was there. an like, actual just... thing. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Linda Carter and the Solid Gold Dancers. (laughs) Solid Gold. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Uh Well, wonderful. Uh, Yeah, uh, I will try to make make it to the theaters to see that before the end of the year. I still have about a week left, so we'll see. My number five is a little film called Midnight. Um, Hmm. I just watched this within the within the past couple weeks. It was recommended by a couple horror friends on Letterboxd, and um, it is this South Korean uh, urban thriller. It's what's it about? It's about a young deaf woman and her mother battle a serial killer after they accidentally interrupt one of his kills. It is a Ooh. deadly game of cat and mouse, uh, which plays out across this sprawling city as the women try to stay one step ahead of their pursuer. That sounds terrifying. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. Um, it would actually make a pretty good um, double feature with uh, Watcher, uh, just because it has this sort of sprawling urban feel to it. Uh, this is definitely more fast-paced. It actually feels like just one continuous chase scene from a slasher film. Um, oh, wow. Like, they, uh, maybe not like the very beginning, but like as it goes along, it definitely feels like that. Uh, it's like you take 
Sarah Michelle Gellar's chasing from, I know we did last summer and sort of stretch it out to feel like a 90 minute runtime um, because it is j- essentially one giant uh, chase. And it has this great um, serial killer um, antagonist played by, I'm going to get these names wrong, but his name is Wee Ha Jun. And he's just, he's, he's cunning, but also like really insecure. Um, like you would expect, frankly, a real um, uh, serial killer to be. And he has this proclivity for like changing outfits and mannerisms, um, which he uses to like avoid capture and lure victims in, which feels very like 80s, 90s slasher kind of vibe too, of just like really quirky uh, a kill plot device type thing. And uh, the two protagonists are deaf, um, which is interesting too, because they they find ways to bring that into the plot. And it they do it in a way that feels pretty respectful too. And uh it is both it it, it it ends up being both a handicap and an asset to the characters which i appreciated uh it didn't mm. just because uh, i think a lot of times when you when they incorporate this stuff into the movies it, it's just like oh look at this person is handicapped but they're able to survive but like they do more with that here and it actually ends up becoming something that helps them in certain ways so i found that really interesting so yeah it, it's very good it's now streaming on amazon prime for free and uh if you have amazon prime anyway yeah my, my, my really only small beef with it is that like uh it takes place over this like sprawling city and yet the characters like keep finding each other really quickly. And I'm like, it feels <laughs> yeah. like it's like within a one block radius sometimes. Cause I'm like, <laughs> how do you, how you were over here and now you're over here. And it's, but it's, uh, it's great though. It's, uh, it actually came out in South Korea last year, but it didn't get a wide release until, uh, this year. So I'm going to consider it a, a 2022 film and I've seen several other people do that. So there we go. What else do you got? Uh, that was it for my, my great ones. The great stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we move to the good for for me. You know, things that were yeah. enjoyable. Might watch them yeah. again. I, the The first one on here is um, Fresh, mm. which is a uh, a Hulu film about yeah. a a young woman who is not having the best time in the dating world. You know, it's hard out there. And she meets this guy at the grocery store, and he's really cute, and they start like hitting it off, and then it. Turns out that he is into harvesting young women for their flesh so that he can sell it. Um, so not ideal, probably not going to work out, but um, it's a, it's a very twisty little movie. It kind of starts off as one mo- movie kind of, kind of this wacky rom-com thing and mm. then takes a pretty abrupt turn about 30 minutes in and then it kind of turns into sort of a dark comedy, which I appreciated. Once again, with the humor, I like when it has a little bit of humor in there, and mm. uh, performances are good. Um, it ends in a very satisfactory way, and I had a good time with it. Yeah, I watched this one. I liked it. Um, the The soundtrack uh, is a lot of fun too. It's uh, mm-hmm. weirdly upbeat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Golden Girls theme song is the, the main thing I remember from the the, the soundtrack that kept popping up interesting movie tonally yeah it, it it's uh you never like you said you don't really know quite where it's gonna go and um i feel like sometimes the characters behave like a real person would and sometimes they don't mm-hmm. um like they get maimed again not to spoil too much folks but like when a character gets really severely injured in this movie like i don't know they they didn't seem quite sad enough to me if they were gonna be like real people um right yeah but uh when it did lean into the dark comedy aspects, it made more sense because it's like, oh, well, it's being kind of satirical, but then it would kind of go back to being like, oh, it's is more realistic. And 
So that was a little bit of a back and forth for me, but I did like it. And that's on Hulu, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. What about your next one? Um, This is another international one that somebody had me check out. Um, But I don't remember the exact country of origin. So let me make sure I don't say that wrong out here. While we wait, here is Charo with What I Did for Love. (laughs) Charo. Kiss today, goodbye. (laughs) What a star. What a star. (laughs) A star is born. Um, Okay, this is um, called The Innocence. Uh, Not to be confused with The Innocence from the 60s. Um, This is a Norwegian supernatural thriller. Uh, It is on Shudder. You have these four children who become friends during the summer holidays, as kids do. Um, and they're out of the sight, they're out of sight of the adults a lot because the adults don't seem to give a shit about these kids. And, uh, they discover that, um, amongst themselves, these children discover they have hidden powers and they can do all this crazy shit. Like they can move things with their mind. They can read minds. They can even like start to control minds. Um, so it's got a little bit of this kind of Stephen King-esque vibe to it, uh, pretty character-centered stuff uh the the kid performances are pretty strong it's a mean-spirited movie uh which i don't always like but um i think there was enough human compassion in it that i stayed grounded um and interested in it and there's this one kid who is just like the fucking worst which is always the case in these movies right you think about the craft and there's always just one one of the characters just ends up fucking it up for everybody else oh, yeah. um even though in the craft she's like the most interesting character but That's in this true. case, <laughs> in this case, it's this little boy character who is just a fucking serial killer uh, masochist who starts off with pets, like terrorizing them, which I also don't always love in movies. But I stomached it because the rest of the movie was good. And yeah, the runtime is a little bloated, um, but I, I, I just I liked it a lot. That really good suspense and tension, and like I said, the script is pretty good. So that's out there. That that's probably the last of my like fairly great ones. I liked Bodies, Bodies, Bodies more than I think you did. Uh, I I didn't love it, but and I think maybe because I went in with such low expectations and I'd heard mm-hmm. so many like conflicting things from people. Um, yeah. But I like the sort of Agatha Christie, uh, Gen Z satire kind of angle of it, and I like the ending too. Um, it reminded me of a certain '80s slasher movie that will remain nameless. Um, uh but yeah I'm, and i'm just a fan of any movie that like brings people together into a single setting and uh people slowly get offed for different reasons um uh so that one was that one was fun for me anyway i mean screen five was fun um yeah yeah that that that's in my like middle of the road list yeah it um i feel like i enjoyed it more in the theater since then i've been a little more critical of it i think uh I, I, part of the reason I, j- I just keep reading interviews with like Kevin Williamson and he always begins at like, well, at first I was a little disappointed that they didn't ask me to write this thing. And I'm like, why would you not <laughs> yeah. ask him to write this film? Like he, he is, he is the, one of the big reasons that the first two were so great. Like, and yeah. it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And yet they, I mean, it's cool. They brought him on to produce this one or whatever and like give some feedback and that's great, but you could have just let him write the damn thing. Yeah. Like, like if he wanted it, to write it, it let sense. the man write it. He does have some satirical stuff in it too, which um, it was interesting because I think in the lead up to the film, 
I had read several people associated with the movie be like, oh yeah, there's not going to be any satire in this. It's going to be like a straightforward slasher. And that didn't end up being really the case. There was some like self-awareness and uh, it did have something to say about uh, fandom and uh, other things, which was, yeah. I, I was grateful for that. There was a little bit of um, a statement in there. But yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I just didn't feel like the script was as, I don't know, smart as the first two. Um and I think that right. for me is a big part of what makes those movies so rewatchable is the fact that they're so quotable, quotable and quippy. And uh, yeah, the, the scares are really good too. And that the horror stuff is, is great. But like, I, I just feel like I, I find myself quoting those movies all the time because they're just, there's, I don't know, they're funny mm. um, and smart. Uh, I don't know. And this, this I think was more of just kind of a straightforward slasher movie, which is fine because we haven't had a, right. a very good <laughs> straightforward slasher movie in quite a while. So I, I was grateful for that. And, um, uh, performances were good again jenna ortega uh, should have been the lead frankly yeah um, I'm, I'm still not sure if it's just the, the the main character as they were written or the yeah. performance or, or what or the way she was directed but it just she the main so character felt flat it just wasn't so, that so flat interesting that's probably my biggest beef and also the fact that you know no one can really do the satirical stuff quite like kevin williamson yeah. so that's really been the thing that I think is missed the most when someone tries to do Kevin Williamson without True. actually being Kevin Williamson. True. It never sounds right. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, it, it, we said this back when we talked about it, but it's like, it, it could have been a total disaster and it wasn't. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And uh, I liked it enough that I'm still excited to see where the next film goes. So that's same here. That's good. Um, yeah. It was surprisingly not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that was no. like a win there. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I watched a fun one called Significant Other. It's on Paramount Plus. It also has Micah Monroe in it. Yeah, it has Micah Monroe and Jake Lacey from um, the uh, the White Lotus and a bunch of indie films um, in it. And uh, it was just really surprising uh, because I went in expecting just more of this sort of straightforward relationship drama set in the woods or and uh, horror drama, I should say. Um, and there's a lot of twists and turns in it. It's a hard film to talk about because there are so many twists in it, but it just, it kept me guessing. It was entertaining. It made me laugh. It had some, uh, good scares in there too. Um, so I've definitely checked that one out. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nope was okay. Um, yeah, it was a decent monster movie. Um, the next one I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, I liked it, it uh, I guess. Pretty strong characters. Um, interesting monster uh, I think after Get Out, I think there's been this expectation that he's going to be this very, I don't know, socially conscious horror filmmaker that's going to make all these movies about race and religion and any other topics. And I, I, I do, I don't know, I kind of appreciate that he's kind of been like, you know, I just want to make horror movies. And right. that's kind of what this felt like to me, except for the the monkey stuff, which was interesting. It, it felt mm. like it was a different movie, but it was interesting. Yeah, that was like that was actually like weirdly enough my favorite part of the movie, and it's like I get, this I get that. little yeah. tiny chunk because it. it's just so weird. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. th- this kid was on a sitcom where a monkey went crazy and like killed everybody. Yeah. Like this is the weirdest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. I want more of that. Like just yeah, just completely weird. It feels like it could be like Subplot. a totally a total spinoff, and maybe it will be yeah. someday. Because uh, I've heard that they wanted to do some sort of another film or tv series set in this universe and i would totally watch oh, that Oh, really uh, okay that would be interesting 
Yeah, uh, I, I I did like that it kind of had some little like Hollywood satire in yeah. there, which which yeah. was which was very much appreciated. And I mean, the effects yeah. are great, and the day for night photography is kind of mind blowing, actually. Right. Um, just beautifully done. Yeah, the uh, a type of monster that I had just never seen before in a movie. Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty cool. I mean, it felt yeah. like kind of a fifty a fifties monster movie, like these larger than life nuclear creatures. Yeah. You know, you don't really know um, uh, what they're going to do, or mm-hmm. uh, this kind of Godzilla type creature. It, it, it was um, just just very different. And uh, did so that you was get kind of like a like a Spielbergian? amblin oh, yeah. entertainment feel too oh totally totally yeah so, yeah so that uh that was fun a few really quick i'm not gonna say too much about um there's one called we're all going to the world's fair it's a kind of interesting little uh what do you call them uh screen life i guess movie um takes place mostly on screens um uh i i, I don't even know how to describe this movie uh but it's worth watching folks sorry i, I <laughs> just one of those movies that like it's um it's Take about this girl who it. kind of if i remember right this it's this girl and she gets sucked into this online community essentially and it just takes over her life and it has kind of some interesting things about like social media and how it like forces you to be this version of yourself that it's not necessarily you but then you come more and more extreme over time as this character does and uh, so that was interesting um i I liked uh parts of resurrection i think we talked about that one a little bit yeah Um, yeah. I liked Rebecca Hall's performance a lot, and I terrific. Uh, I think terrific thematically it was interesting how it was kind mm. of this like almost empty nest movie, like what lies beneath, in, yeah. in a sense, because yeah. it's like she's going crazy, but like it's brought about because her daughter's about to go to college. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, it really polarizing ending that I didn't really know what to make of. But I didn't what are you either. Do? Like, am am I just really really dumb? Or like, <laughs> no. does, does that ending not make any fucking sense? I don't no, know what's going sense. on. It makes I was like, no I sense. admire it's... the commitment to the weirdness of it, but I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. No, no fucking sense. Barbarian, we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the first two acts. Um, mm-hmm. I was mixed on the third act. I think you liked it overall a little more than I did, but I, I, I would think still recommend so. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely understand. Uh, many people's reservations with the film. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of flaws, um, but it 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 is definitely not pre- predictable. You really don't know where it's no, going to go, no. and I like that. True. And uh, so That's I was true. just sort of on for the ride. And um, yeah, I mean, the ending does get a little ridiculous. It starts to become kind of a little bit goofier. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's it it's definitely a film worth scene especially if you it's don't know seeing. anything about it because you're going to be yeah, like it's... where the fuck is this going <laughs> yeah it, it keeps you on your toes uh great performance from justin long uh mm-hmm. terrible character great performance oh, by yeah. him <laughs> complete monster <laughs> complete utter fucking monster um i do believe he is the barbarian in the film's title as a matter of fact I right do. It, it feels kind of like a response to something like malignant from last year uh, mm-hmm. where it's just like, let's just go fucking crazy in the last act. Yeah. And it does. So there's that. You watch Speak No Evil, right? I did. Um, wow. What a downer. <laughs> what a downer, a downer of a movie. It's a downer. Uh, uh, I liked that this is a movie that can make even a shot of someone putting away a Tupperware container and fill it with complete dread. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they do a great job at making the mundane really intense. It's a little slow. Some people don't like like that, but I, I, I didn't really find it dull. No. Um, but yet the, the ending is it's really brutal and you're not really sure why it's happening. I'm still right. confused as to what are the motives here? I, I'm That's not really problem. sure. It's like, I don't want to say anything because I don't, I don't want to spoil I, I it. But it's like, uh, what are they doing with these victims that they're taking? Like, I don't understand. Leaves, yes, it leaves a lot of questions at the end. And it, it, it just feels kind of mean for no reason as a result. It's so mean. <laughs> it's so fucking um, mean. And uh, so that left me a little bit cold. I I think I like the first half or so. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... Parts of it were actually weirdly kind of funny to me. I, I don't know. I Maybe thought that so too. Was just me, but like, like, but like that awkward cringe humor. Where like, am I supposed to be laughing? Because it's yeah. that experience you have when you have to like go to someone else's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like you have dinner with this other group of people that like have completely different political viewpoints and social uh, different differences from you, mm-hmm. and like all that sort of built up awkward tension that builds up is just like kind of funny. Like, like my yeah. mind kept going to meet the Fockers for some reason, because mm-hmm. it's just like, just like uh, they're talking about like how you raise your kids is different and uh, your politics are different and everything else. And it gets darker and darker as the film goes. But like early yeah. on, it's kind of like, Oh, this is kind of amusing. Yeah. It's just um, kind of wacky that she said she was a vegetarian and they're like, here, eat, <laughs> right. eat this wild boar I've been cooking all week. And she's right. like, and like she has to be polite. That's the whole thing. Is it's yeah. It, it it is kind of an interesting commentary on how when we're too polite and we don't state our boundaries, yes. people just walk all over us. They will just walk all. And it's, true. it's, it's like true. as a recovering people please pleaser, that meant a lot to me. I was like, yes, okay, I, I agree. I can I, agree. I can relate to this because like you don't right. really say anything, and then it just builds up to a point where like you can't really backtrack. And you have to stay to be polite, and it's like, oh god, right. it's just, exactly. oh, it was so awkward. Worth watching, but yes, it is a downer, folks. Yes, uh, be prepared to have like a few episodes of the Golden Girls like lined up right afterwards. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, just ticking down. Anything else? Uh, smile was okay. Um, I, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, that's yeah. one middle of the road. Some good scares, mm-hmm. good mood, mm-hmm. good acting, but the last extremely act, derivative not... like it, it it would be different if it was derivative of like films from like the past 30 40 years but like it's mm-hmm. derivative of films that came out like within the past decade like it yeah. follows it's so it follows like it takes mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't have the same like kind of slow burn feel to it but like the way that this curse thing functions is it follows mixed with the ring essentially you know it's yeah um I did appreciate it. it got a little goofy at times. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I I like that actually. Um, that was kind of fun. The ending is wackadoodle. I hope Kyle Gallner gets some sort of sequel because I like him a lot. I really love him. Yeah, fun to see him around and uh, and it it big box office success. I was looking at oh, the numbers huge. here. It, it made two hundred and sixteen million dollars. So I think we're guaranteed to get a sequel at some point. So hopefully it's oh yeah decent. Yeah, we'll see. Keep smiling. Two thousand twenty four. Keep smiling. <laughs> Although, listen, I have I, I I have to admire the promotional team for this. Yes. For not yes. cutting together a trailer with some sad emo girl singing Charlie Chaplin's smile really slowly. No. I'm very exactly proud of like them. every other fucking yeah. horror trailer. Yes, exactly. 
like they didn't take the bait and i appreciate that <laughs> yeah i agree the, yes. very smart different the road. ad campaign you know where they had mm-hmm. these people just standing in baseball games and very clever. random events and just smiling and that was smart that was it's different. very william castle and i yeah. ap- appreciate that a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah props to the team there yes brilliant uh, um, over at paramount Honestly, um, like probably one of the best marketing schemes since like Blair Witch Project, really. Easily. I mean, just just yes. very, very intelligent, very smart. I watched one called Skin Americ. It's something. I mean, it's it's kind of like if you're watching Paranormal Activity and couldn't see even more of it. <laughs> uh, oh, well, sign me the fuck up, Kevin. Jesus. It's shot on this like, <laughs> I don't know, analog. I don't know how to what you would call it. it like it's just, DV it's, high eight, yeah, VHS, very blurry. Kind of it's it's not found footage, but it feels found footage um, because nobody's holding a camera throughout, and yet the way it's mm. shot feels like it's like a found footage movie. Um, oh. You never see characters' faces in the entire movie. It, it it just the camera just lingers on like the ceiling, or it'll be like on their legs. And it's it's very unsettling. I will say that it is probably the quote unquote scariest movie of the year. But there's not really much plot. I mean, it, it's just these kids wake up in the middle of the night, and there's just something really fucking weird going on. So very very, it gets under your skin a lot. Uh, but at the same time, I can't say I particularly loved it because it was just like this feels like it should be like a ten minute short film or something rather than something that's stretched out to fill an entire length because there's there's basically no plot it's just like right. oh i find this creepy thing over here and then i walk over here and there's something creepy over here and oh there's mm. something even creepier over here and oh my sister's gone where'd she go um it reminded me of playing like a a horror video game or something you know remember those oh, like yeah. those like old ones where like you would you like that are you afraid of the dark computer game that came out where like mm-hmm. you had the choice of like should i go right or should i go left and oh right. if i touch this thing on the wall something bad happens um mm-hmm. um Kind of had that vibe to it. There was another movie that came out this year. I, I I don't think you've heard of this one. It's called Children of Sin. Have you have you have you heard of that one? Oh, I heard it's terrible. I don't <laughs> to watch that. That's not. <laughs> it's not no. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's really bad. No, I, I liked it a lot, uh, folks. And uh, go check out. Go watch Chris's movie. Go watch all Chris's movies. They're streaming on. Um, Multiple places, right? And it, uh, yeah, we're, we're, check it out. Where's Children's Sin? On Tubi. Tubi, yes. Or Amazon if you want to mm-hmm. rent it or yeah. buy it, you know. And even though I felt kind of bad about the fact that they, them, that movie didn't do so well because I had a friend in it, yeah. I appreciate that it actually helped your movie <laughs> because people it kept being did. like, yeah. I kept seeing people being like, well, I didn't really like this movie, but go watch Chris's movie, which is a better version of <laughs> I was so nervous because I think they announced it like the week before we started filming and i was like oh shit and then it ended up being a blessing i was like hey yeah. all right because they're always yeah. like if you didn't like this one check out this dude's movie i'm like okay yeah. i'll be exactly. that other dude i ain't got no pride <laughs> i'll do it i'll be your I'm other man no ghosts i'm not <laughs> come one come all see my five dollar movie <laughs> lordy 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 so yeah that's a lot that's a that's a good chunk of movies, I think, folks, to go check out. And yeah. like we said, we didn't we didn't see everything. And I'm not talking about everything I saw either because some things just didn't leave a mark. Um, yeah, I mean, and the, you know, we've said enough about how Halloween ends and I've said stuff enough. like that. So 
I don't need to go there. Halloween ends. I, I, like I said, Terrifier 2 didn't really do that much for me. I've heard a lot of people say it was amazing to them, and that's fine. Y'all do you. I've heard a lot of people say they loved Bones and all. I didn't have an opinion about it, really. I just thought it was fine. No. Uh, so uh, the Black Phone, another one that was just fine, yeah, man, you know, to me. Didn't do and, much yeah. for me. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of you say that you love these movies and that's fine. Yeah. You know, that's that's the beauty of horror. There's so many different types of horror films and um, some of them will uh, make people, certain type of people, you know, relate to more than others. So it's, it's, uh, that it's is the, the beauty, beauty of, of the genre. genre. It is. Yeah, yes, exactly. it's, um, definitely is. It's wonderful. Wonderful. It's, that's um, why we love it. Like we said, there were a lot of like art house dramas this year that were posing as horror films that was oh, yeah. weird. Um, that was definitely stuff strange. like, uh, uh, master that we talked about earlier in the year mm-hmm. and um nanny which i saw you watched i just watched uh, it yeah uh, i i was about an hour into that and i was like there has not been one single even remotely horror adjacent mm-hmm. element yet and i was like yeah. this is probably not a good sign and I was, no and i was like it's beautifully shot beautifully yeah. acted but i was like this isn't a horror movie y'all let's not no, it's let's not a horror stop movie it. The Eternal Daughter I talked about last week, not a horror movie. Uh, no. This uh, movie called You Won't Be Alone, which I've seen on several end of the year lists, not a horror movie. It's just this <laughs> sweeping existential drama that just happens to have like little bits of violence here and there. Um, no. Okay, more than a little bit, but I still did not think it was a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess you could say that about, about Men, maybe. Men was kind of like that. It was like this... Uh, you know, grieving woman drama but then it just got really weird i kept hearing so much polarizing stuff about that that i just didn't watch it (laughs) so maybe someday i will sit down and watch it i guess i missed that one too like i i hope it was supposed to be darkly comic because i laughed a lot (laughs) because you laughed (laughs) it was really goofy and uh the ending is maybe worth the admission it's just so bizarre lots of good stuff lots of interesting stuff um some stuff that was you know we didn't really respond to that much but that's okay it happens every year but i think like we said at the beginning of the episode it was just interesting this this year that there was just so much stuff that was pretty good or decent you know and Mm -hmm. that is not a given for every year folks absolutely not (laughs) there are some years where it's just like you get maybe one or two that are pretty good and the rest is just like i hope we continue to build on this yeah and uh i think we will i think like there aren't a lot of big releases that i'm looking forward to next year but like that's also kind of exciting because it was the same for this year. And yet there ended up being a lot of interesting stuff that I wasn't even like looking forward to. And I ended up liking. Yeah. Just like some stuff just kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah, there's, there's horror everywhere. It's uh, coming at you from streaming. It's in theaters. It's on TV. It's, it's, it's a pretty good time for horror. Um, Yeah. Horror. It's not just in politics anymore. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a wrap on the year, I guess on a personal level, uh, I, you know, I, I, I talked about, I, I don't talk about it much, but I talked about it one in one episode that y'all might've listened to, but it was very difficult year for me. Um, and I'm glad that things have settled a little bit and hopefully they continue to settle bigger for you. You know, you had the, the film come out and it seems like it's doing pretty well. Yeah. It's not too and, bad. Uh, not, not, not yeah. too shabby. And you're going to try to film something next year too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in cool. the early discussion. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Thank you for sticking with us. Oh, yes. As Thank always. you very much. Mm-hmm. We know um, sometimes we're a lot to take. Right, exactly. But um, you've stuck with us. 
And I'd like to dedicate this next song to all of you. <laughs> Kiss the days goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for the patronage. Uh, you know, th- thanks for your contributions throughout the episode. Our phones have been ringing off the hook. You know? Oh my! Poor Carol Channing has passed out. She's been taking down <laughs> names for for hours. But Paul Paul Bartel is over there, and he's still going. He, <laughs> he's great. Taking, <laughs> taking notes left and right. Oh no! Oh great! Oh Marilou Henner is down. Marilou, Marilou, hey hey hey, <laughs> wake up, Marilou! Come on, poor thing. <laughs> Memory of an elephant, that one, but stamina of a mm-hmm. toddler, really, just. Mm-hmm. and paul lynn is just walking through the aisles just like playing pranks on everybody left and right but he's keeping it fresh and put down the poppers paul put them down (laughs) lord just a just a great lineup of people though that came out to support our cause so i'm so happy they're here (laughs) wonderful wonderful (laughs) notably nicole kidman did not make it but (laughs) well she did send us this video message um roll the tape Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. It's, oh, uh, she's so thoughtful. Thank you for showing up, Nicole. That's that makes so me sweet. feel a little bit better. You know, normally I would be really disappointed, but because this is like our special end of the year episode, you know, somehow, some, somehow heart heartbreak feels feels good in a place like this. You know, in Haunted Hill Castle, it really right. does. Our heroes feel like the best part of us and, you know, stories feel perfect and powerful because here, you know, they are. They really are. Oh, oh, oh my God. I'm just hearing we have reached our, we have reached our goal to repair the acid vat in the basement. Oh my God. This is so exciting. So exciting. Oh my gosh. Oh, now please bring out the Bay City rollers. Let's just roll tape. We can... (laughs) you all really are the best you keep us young it's true Er. it's true yes yeah i mean mean, this whole endeavor is really brought to you by listeners like you and uh yeah we'll be back next year Uh, happy new year all lang syne whatever yeah (laughs) whatever they say in that little ditty (laughs) whatever mariah carey is singing about this year (laughs) (laughs) okay bye everybody goodbye